Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 59. Today, Andrea and I are talking about choosing values to guide your parenting. Let us know if there's any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Hey, Andrea. Hey, Beth. How are you? I'm good. I know that we're not doing a ton of like tips or stories or that kind of like real mom moments, mm-hmm. but I had to share one from last night. Oh, yeah. Totally like priceless. I have a book club that I go to once a, once a month, and um, I was telling my daughter yesterday, you know, mommy's going to be out tonight. I'm going out to dinner with some friends. We're going to go talk about a book. And she, like, goes away for a little bit, and I go and I knock on her door in her room. She's putting a dress on. She goes, mommy, I'm ready to come. I'm going to come with you. I, I, I can come. And I was like, well, it's going to be kind of boring, honey. She's like, well, I can bring my iPad. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, it was it was so sweet. And then we were talking about how when she gets older, she's gonna she can have her own little club. She's like, you know what? Me and my friends, we're not gonna have a book club. But we're gonna have a food club, and we're gonna talk about food. Oh, like, so sweet. Oh, that's really cute. That's like a great club. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm into that. I could we could help that happen now if you want to do a yeah. food club with your friends. So anyway, so but, that was like a really. I wanted to share share that moment. I feel like as we were talking about values today, it was like, oh, you know what? Like this is a just a, a sweet child. So, anyways, how are you doing? I'm good. I was just wiping down my child because he stings like poop. <laughs> I like don't nice. understand. I like cannot get the poop smell off of him like with just wipes. So I like had to like stick him in the bath and like wipe him down. And of course he's like, I want to take a bath. I'm like, no, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's just so bad. And then he stinks all day of poop. So I'm like, all right, kid, you got to bet, babe. That's gross. <laughs> right? I, is this, I feel like I don't see this problem that often. I don't know. Maybe it is a common problem. People don't talk about it. But I'm trying to think. I don't remember it when my daughter was young. Like, it happens, I feel like, now that she, like, goes, that she's more potty trained. Because sometimes she'll, mm-hmm. like... Like, she's not getting, like, wiped with wipes every single, yeah. like, change. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely more fragrance down there than there was prior. But, yeah. <laughs> it's just from him, like, I think sitting. I mean, he probably pooped, you know, before he woke up kind of thing. And then it's just, like, like during the day if he poops, it's fine. It's just, like, when he we wake him up or he wakes up with a poop. It just is, like, no matter how clean he is. I'm like, I see no poop on you. It just smells <laughs> yeah yeah when they when you can't catch it right away it just it permeates yes and I anyway think, yeah. i think also it uh-huh. sticks in your nose so like you don't smell it when you're smelling normal things but like it's kind of up there still so you're like yeah, really. still smelling it <laughs> yeah no totally. oh yeah no that's all that's been my morning awesome. it's okay he's So this week, we are going to talk about values and kind of defining values. So I know Andrew has some notes on kind of getting us started on how to define our values, and then we'll talk about some of our own values, some values we were raised with, and versus some of the ones we're raising our own children with. All right. So I first wanted to talk about, like, 
why are defining values so important? It seems, it can seem like kind of corny or this like, whoa, that's like not a priority. Like, let me, you know, first deal with like surviving and, you know, the main things of baby stuff. But ultimately, when you define your values, it's actually going to make your life a little easier. Um, it really, first of all, helps identify the things that are important to you in your life and in parenting. I mean, there are, so, we all know, there are so many conflicting things when it comes to parenting. And this helps you, like defining your values, helps you decide which which thing you're going to listen to. Because ultimately, there's a lot of con- conflicting things because there's not research on everything. Um, it helps you get more clarity in tough situations. So when you are trying to decide, you know, between you're like, oh my gosh, do I do this or do I do this? Like these moms all did this, but these moms did this. And my mom is saying to do this. Like when you're really clear on your values, you can make that decision a lot easier. Um, it can decrease feelings of anxiety that run rampant in moms, as we all know, and we all feel, um, it, when you're really, really anxious about things, oftentimes it's from, you know, not being clear on your values and just not knowing which choice or path to make. Um, and then just getting you really, um, through the hard parenting time. So let's say you are enforcing a boundary or making a really tough decision for your child that you have to make. And I mean, these decisions are still going to be hard. We know that, but when you can connect it down to your value, it can make it a little bit easier and get you through it a little bit better. So first thing on how to define them, um, I'm definitely not any kind of expert in this. Um, I go the easy route and kind of have my clients do the same thing. Honestly, I haven't made any fancy handout for it because there's like tons of good ones. If you just Google list of values, um, you'll find ones. There are some that are kind of intense and have like 200 different ones and others that, you know, maybe keep it down to like 50. Um, I would go with a you know, list of 50 first, a little easier to deal with. And just go through that list and just immediately cross off the ones that don't really um, appeal to you as like, you know, that's not one of your main values. Just cross off as many as you can and then just keep going through crossing them off until you have it down to like five to seven, whatever feels good. There's no like perfect right answer. And then list them in order of importance. Um, Definitely set aside some time for this. Like think it through. This isn't something you want to like rush through. You might come back to it. You might, um, you know, leave the list out, you know, and just keep thinking through different scenarios and and whatnot. And there's definitely, um, you know, when you Google this thing that people have like a little bit more instructions on how to do this. Um, But just being able to look through that list can help you get really clear on them. And it can be really helpful. I don't know how you went about yours, Beth, or I mean, sometimes I just, you know, you can just have yours in your head too. You don't have to do it from any specific list, but that can help. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I know, I feel like for us, it was sort of, and, and I want to kind of make separate there. You can have different, your priority values for yourself can be different from the ones that you want to instill in your child. So you know, I think when I, uh, I want to say it was Braving the Wilderness, maybe one of Brene Brown's books, she has like a very similar of like finding the values for yourself because it can help you kind of make decisions and know that you're making decisions based on your personal values. But, you know, you have to narrow it down because 
you, you can you can't have eight 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 hundred values, and you can't instill eight hundred values for your kids. So, so for me, it's kind of that decision of okay, what do we want to just set an example of, and what you know in ourselves, you know, like for me personally, I want to set an example of compassion. But and I think that that example is really important to have. But for my own child, I want to instill independence. And so so I think that that's, when you're looking through that list of values, you need to kind of think about, okay, well, what what is one that I really want to like instill in my child? That is such a great point. Yeah. And you can even may have to, like when you're doing this, maybe print out two and be like, you can have different parenting or like myself as a parent versus what I'm instilling in my child. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but it's like, then we have to make sure those values make sense together. But um, so just a few examples of why defining values is important. So I just like made up some examples. Beth, you might have some better ones, but let's say, you know, your kid home, comes home crying from school uh, because he's wearing hand-me-downs and he's not wearing the latest brands. And he's like, mom, everyone's making fun of me. You know, like I'm not cool, whatever. And so obviously as a mom, you probably might feel some shame or insecurity, anxiety around this and maybe are tempted to like, oh my gosh, maybe to buy him the coolest clothes. Um, But maybe your values, one as a person, like your own personal value is like all about recycling, reuse and the environment. And maybe a value that you're trying to instill in your child is that you want him to see everyone as equals. So if these are your core values, going out and buying him new clothes isn't necessarily going to stick to those. So it's going to make you feel like icky, like maybe in the moment it'll ease that tension. But doing that, then you're going to feel probably unsettled um, and you're going to be going against your own values. Um, So when you can connect to those and be like, no, 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 like these are our values. These are my values for you. Um, it's going to help you ease that tension. Now, it's not going to make it probably, you know, that much easier when your kid is crying and whatnot and wants something, but it's going to help you kind of stand your um, ground. And there's no right and wrong. Maybe there's another parent who has a value of being super trendy and on point fashion wise or whatever it is. And like, that's super cool too. Like whatever your values are, or what's important in defining those. And then we can kind of turn it. Yeah, go ahead, Beth. I was going to say the other kind of, of, of why they're important for me is, is kind of being on the same page with your partner. You know, if you you are raising, if you are co-parenting and you're raising your children with someone else, having a discussion of, you know, with them, well, what are your values for the child? And they may or may not be the same, but they also have to be cohesive. They have to kind of work together because if you, you know, your child asks to do something and you want to say yes and the other person wants to say no, you have to look into like, okay, what is this? How does this help our values? And and that all that has kind of helped my husband and I navigate tougher situations where we've been sort of, you know, my daughter's trying to like get us against each other to get what she wants. You know, they they manipulate, and it's like, well, how do we resolve that without it being an attack on each other? Like, well, you said yes, I said no. Like, okay, wait, but how does this impact the values that we're trying to to instill in our children? Totally. This is such a great point. And I mean, that can be, you know, yeah, the source of a lot of arguments between parents and then not realizing why it's an argument too. So my friend, for example, just took, I think it's a Myers-Briggs test. And like one of the questions is like, 
or it's like a statement. You have to say how much you agree with it. And one is like, I would rather my child be kind than smart. And she put strongly agree on it. And then she had her fiance do it. And he put strongly disagree on it. And it, she was like, it led to such a, they don't have kids yet, but she's like, it just led to such this great conversation because he was like, are you kidding me? Like they need to be smart. They need to fend for themselves. Like if you're coming into this world and you're like not smart, you're trying to be kind, you're going to get walked all over. Like there's no time, you know what I mean? And he's like a super kind, compat- like he's like the nicest guy ever, you know? And, but for him, you can see in these certain scenarios, they might have completely different parenting styles. And if they aren't realizing each, each other's underlying values, that can be a huge source of tension. So thank you for bringing that up. That's awesome. Definitely. And I do want to say too, I feel like, well, you and I, I, we mesh very well. So it makes sense that we have similar values that we are raised mm-hmm. upon and similar values that we want for our kids. I also think it's a generational thing. Like through generations, you're going to see different values being um, instilled because of the generation before. You know, it's like, okay, well, this was instilled in me. This didn't quite work out the way that I wanted. So this is how I want to change things for my child, I feel like is um, how we sometimes approach things. It's, and I think that is a huge source of like exactly the example I was going to give next. And I didn't actually think about it that way. So thanks. But like, yeah, like the generation, like our parents are kind of like, you have like the factory generation, you know, the generation that works in the same place for 50 years, like the values that they were raised to have. It's like hard work. You don't question authority. You put your head down and you, you just work, you like do your job. And as like a millennial, (laughs) that's like, everything against millennial values. It's like, all right, it's like disrupt the shit out of things, like question authority, you know, like start raising a riot and like do your own thing. And I think that is where a lot of like, again, you know, parenting things can come into play with like your mother-in-law or your mom, because they're like, holy crap, like how are you allowing your child to talk back to you or question this or whatnot? And it's like, well, you know what? I actually want to raise my child to be independent. So where this starts to conflict, though, in our own selves is we were raised with a lot of these same values of like, at least I was, and I think it's pretty common. It's like hard work, academic success, like go, you know, like don't ever stop working and um, and don't really question, be super compliant with authority. Like you do what you're told. And so I think a lot of us as parents still want our kids to do what we tell them. But at the same time, we want to raise this independent child who's a free thinker. And like, this is, this was hard for me to wrap my head around too. And I want to like pause and emphasize this one. You cannot raise an independent free thinking child and have them be compliant. Some perfectly obedient kid. These values are a huge contradiction to themselves. Like, It's not possible. So that's where just becoming aware of that and you have a kid who's questioning you or like, hey, mom, what if we do it this way instead? Or I don't want to put on my shoes now. I want to put them on whatever it is. If you're raising those values, then you can start to see some of this annoying behavior, what you might be perceiving it now as like, oh, hey, like actually taking on these values I want. Um, and I think that that makes it knowing that that's a value that I have for my own child makes it so much easier to deal with those times because you know it's like okay 
I want my child to test her limits and test her boundaries. So yes, now's not the time I'd like her to do this, but I know that this is a good thing. So it, while in the moment when we're late for school or what have you, it's really frustrating. But deep down, I always know that, okay, this is what I want and this is a good thing. Exactly. And it's like, all right, you don't want to put your shoes on now? Fine, get in the car seat and we'll put them on once we get to school. You know what I mean? It's like you can kind of like start to be like, okay, that's right. It really doesn't matter. I can carry you out to the car in this moment. It doesn't need to be this fight. Uh, we'll talk about like boundaries around that in a second though. Um, some other like, I'm just try- I was trying to point out some common things that I hear from my clients in terms of the anxieties uh, with parenting a lot. So we have the independent and then compliance. We have wanting your kid to be really kind and compassionate but then focusing all their worth on academic success and really stressing academics and not leaving really any time to be like modeling the kindness and compassionate. So again, I mean, these top two, you can obviously have a academic successful child who is kind and compassionate, but if you're focusing like their worth unintentionally, usually on their academic success, and it takes away from um, maybe their kindness and compassion that they had too. Um, and then this one's really tough one. This is like my big struggle right now is raising a kid who thinks for themselves, but putting them in traditional school. Um, these two are really big conflict with each other. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit too more, but, um, there are no right or wrong options. Um, each, and each option might have a value you care about. You might be like, well, I do want my child to be academic successfully and be kind. And like, that's totally cool. Um, it's just realizing which one's more important to you. So if like, let's say in a moment, your child's friend is having a really hard time. I don't know what, you know, they came to your friend for a huge crisis, but your friend's supposed to be studying for their test. It's like, what do you let them do in that moment? Do you let them be kind and be a good friend? Like, is that your higher value? Or are you like, no, you don't have time for your friend. You need to study for school and risk them, you know, getting a worse grade. And so there's no right answer in that. It's literally, that's where you have to be like, crap, what do I do as a parent? Okay. Let me connect to my values. Like which value is higher on my list and then making your decision from there. And I think a lot of that um, anxiety or, you know, in my mind, a little bit of guilt comes from how I was raised versus how I'm trying to change things. So one of the things that I wanted to like mention was like the things as we've sort of already talked about that that I was raised with was yes academic success and just success in general um was definitely a huge value um health and health and wellness was also a, a value um you know, and I want to say like, like cleanliness, you know, it was like, you know, it was very big, like, you know, clean your room, make your bed, uh, do your homework. It was sort of like, I feel like the big things that were repeated, repeated throughout my, throughout my childhood. So when I have things where I want to like, okay, well, am I okay with, you know, or not cleaning a room because I want her to have say, and that's her own space and that's her independence. Well, okay, like this is this is a uh, something that I have to recognize that is different, so it may feel a little bit awkward and uncomfortable for me. Totally, yeah. And like the cleaning your room example is like a really great example of the difference between telling a child to do something that outwardly like looks like your values versus instilling them. Cause I was told like, Oh my God, <laughs> my room had to be clean. And before I could do anything on the weekends and whatnot. 
but it didn't like my parents didn't instill the value, which I think is what they were trying to instill. I haven't talked to them about like respecting my things and caring for my own environments. Like I think that's probably what they were trying to get at. It didn't make me do that at all. It made me hate cleaning my room and kind of like actually like disconnect from my stuff in my space because they would just yell at me to do it. And so it became this very unfun thing. So it might be worth kind of asking yourself like, all right, am I just trying to like force my children to outwardly do these things? Like you can't be like, you need to now go be nice to that person and say, sorry, whatever. Like that's not instilling kindness. You know, it's like, it's by modeling it. And we, that's a much larger discussion, but Well, that was just like totally mind blown for me as what you just said there about like cleanliness, like cleaning your room was really trying to like take care of your stuff. And I realized that that's the discussions I have with my child of, you know, if if you don't clean your room and, you know, the babysitter cleans the playroom, then we don't we can't find all of our stuff. Remember how we lost it because she put it in a place that we didn't know where it was. So like. It's not that I care that it's clean, but hey, if somebody else is going to clean it, you're not going to be able to find it and play with it. So in her mind, she's like, oh, wait, we got to clean before so-and-so gets here. And um, yeah, so that was like things I didn't know I was doing. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit about like just really briefly, like what my values are for Remy right now. And then Beth can share hers. Um, So it is the independent thinker to question things. Um, I do want him to be compassionate, um, really have a lot of self-respect and see his own self-worth, which I think contributes to being able to see the the self-worth in everybody and everybody as equals. Um, I want him to value contributing back to humanity and society. And then as a parent, I really also do want to support his own interests. So I want to make sure that my interests for him aren't getting in the way of like being able to cultivate his own interests. Uh, my huge struggle right now with my values is definitely like, I always just planned on we like moved to a good school, you know, school district and whatnot. And, you know, I was like, why wouldn't I send him to public school? But now as I'm learning more and more about public school and how it actually contradicts my values, um, this is a huge struggle of mine. I do not want to homeschool. Oh my God. Like I so do not want to homeschool. <laughs> so I'm not sure what I'm doing yet. He's still only 21 months old. So I have time, but like, I'm starting to think about that now of like how sending him to public school will, and especially the public schools around here are very much going to conflict with my values. So just fun conversations and thought work right now. How about yours, Beth? (laughs) So what, you know, when I first started thinking about this, the first thing that came to mind was like independence and instilling, um, an independent person. And then I asked my husband and I was thinking that that was going to be the first thing that he said, but his first one was honesty and transparency. And I loved it. And we definitely do it. I mean, like we, we will not tell her that Santa is real. We tell her that Santa, you know, like, like what Santa is and, and, or isn't and all of those things. And, um, she wanted so bad to believe, but it, we, we truly are trying to show her that, that honesty and, and, and transparency are really important. Um, so that was kind of the two, uh, like right off the top of our head ones. Uh, I think confidence and compassion and self-love, I feel like those are kind of all a little bit together that they're, they're things that, I want to set an example of personally so that she can then kind of go with that. And I haven't 
the the final one I you know I'm looking at we got like sort of four my my sort of fifth one is that I, I don't know how to define but I'm working on is like a respect and understanding for like diversity and privilege and okay. and knowing knowing that she is privileged and understanding and respecting how to how to you know become an ally to those that are not privileged and, and those kinds of things so that's I'm not I'm not there yet but um and part of that is, you know, I, I, I totally understand your struggle with, with public schools because cause I feel that as well. But because one of my values is diversity and, and acceptance and all of that, you know, sending her to public school to experience all of these other things, the way that we combat that is, you know, we've even had conversations with my, my parents and my brother and sister-in-law about this, that the environment at home is the only one we can control, and she is going to have to survive in the whole in the real world. So our goal is, when she is home, this is what she's experiencing, and then we, you know, our hope in this independent child is that we can send her to public school, and she can bring what she's experienced at home to there, versus that instilling values in her. Totally, and I love that. I think that's such a great way to like help ease that tension between those. That's awesome. Um, I, I wanted to talk real quick about my values and just, so I was raised with like this academic success above all else. Like that is like what mattered the most by far. It was very much a fend for yourself environment, like hard work, you know, just a little bit crazy. Like it's all about, I mean, both financial success and academic success and very much like this, like status, um, of your academic success. And clearly right now my values are like literally the exact opposite. <laughs> so just so to ease everyone's, you know, worries, if you're listening to this, of like, oh my God, am I going to instill the right values? What if, like, it doesn't matter how hard you try to instill values, like your child can come out with different values, but there's going to be a period of time where you are responsible, as we know, for as parents of taking care of your child, modeling an example, and having a really consistent message to them to me is what's the most important. So even if, like, even though I completely disagree with how my parents raised me and like the values that, not completely, but like with the values that they set in me, it doesn't mean I don't respect them and like really can see the value of how well they stuck to their own values. Like they modeled like a very hardcore, like we do hard work no matter what. And so that like ability to do that, like of the ability of my mom to be like, I'm going to work even though I have food poisoning and I'm going to throw up between my patients. Like that's ridiculous to me. And I don't ever want my child to do that. And I don't ever want to do that, but like, Hey, respect, because that's pretty awesome that like you feel that strongly about something. So there's no right or wrong again. And there's just because, you know, you teach one thing doesn't mean your child is going to end up with it and doesn't mean you're a failure as a parent either. It's just going to help you, you know, make your own parenting decisions easier. That way you're not like, oh, my gosh, do I need to go and do this with this one parent said or do I need to do this? Or now I read about this. It's like makes it a lot easier to be like, no, like these are our values and that's what we're sticking with. And we can just clear all the other crap away right now. And I think you can also sort of kind of look at them and see what the underlying values are because values, like, they're not always so clear cut. So, yes, like, and I am 100%, like, academic su success was, like, the end-all be-all. I remember this, like, conversation with somebody in eighth grade. Like, we had a group project 
and I got a B on it. And that made it so that I was going to get a B for the year, which meant that in ninth grade I couldn't go into honors geometry, which would then, like, like just would just, like, catapult. And it ended up being, like, fine. And I got into honors geometry, and it was, like, no big deal. But I just remember this whole, well, well, if I don't, in eighth grade, if I don't get this grade on this test, then I won't be, I was like, I don't, won't be able to go to med school, was, was like the way that my brain worked at that point. But if I'm like starting to think about some of those underlying values of that, like academic success or job success, there's also was a big value of kind of loyalty in there. And I outwardly, I see it as like, you know, my dad's been loyal to the same company for 35, almost 40 years. But I can use that loyalty value in being loyal to my my partner, you know, because they also had that loyalty within them. So even though that there's like this is like the one that kind of smacks you in the face, you can sort of start to see the underlying ones. And I think that really can help build your relationship with your parents and sort of kind of come to terms with the things that you may not be quite so happy with for yourself. I think this is such a great point. And I think it brings a little bit more attention, which I hadn't even thought to talk about until you said something earlier about the cleaning your room. But it's like, you know, I haven't sat down and had a conversation with my parents about what their values are, or if they, you know, thought about this at all. So there is a really good chance that like the values that they were trying to instill were different than the ones that I picked up on. Which actually, I, I mean, I probably I know that's true. Like, I can say this really jokingly because I very much come to terms with how I've raised and like I have a great relationship with my parents. Um, but they, my parents came from like communist Czech Republic and they had like nothing. Um, so I know the reason that why they forced this so much is in their minds the only way to get to something is to be academically successful. They don't see the other options like in Czech Republic and, you know, when they, where they were raised, like that was like, either you had to be really financially successful or you were screwed and you were poor and you like had nothing. So for them being financially successful, okay, well, in order to do that, you have to be academically successful. So that's why they like, you know, shoved it into us so much. They wanted us to have like the best life possible. It wasn't out of like anything malicious, but, uh, again, it's like looking at, okay, well, how am I instilling these values? Does it match up? actually with my values or is it somehow like teaching them something else um real quick note i did want to mention like not confusing sticking to values with a lack of boundaries and direction i think some people hear like oh you want your child to be independent so what do you do just let your child run everywhere so they're allowed to do like whatever they want and it's like no Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Like it means he gets to be independent within a safe structure that I am setting for him. Like I have clear boundaries for him of where his independent independence gets to go. Like, it's not like, here's a knife, have fun. I'm going to teach you how to take risks and be independent. Let's see what you do. Like, no, he's a toddler. We don't give toddlers knives, like not safe yet. So, um, And also I wanted to say that my boundaries in here and like my values are important too. So like that, that all comes into play with what, what this like independent, um, the safe structure to how independence comes into. So like recently Remy has been like incessantly kicking and it's like, all right, like, I don't mind if you kick, I like value you learning and using your body and all that stuff, but you don't get to kick me in the face. Like that's not a new skill you get to learn. Like that's not okay. That crosses my boundary. (laughs) 
Um, I also really want like Remy to get crafty and I want him to be able to problem solve like that kind of goes along with independent thinker. So like the other day he like <laughs> pushes his high chair over, figures out how to climb. I mean, he can climb up on it pretty well, climbs up on it, somehow gets to the top shelf where we keep the chocolate chips and just like sits down in his high chair, like literally just like eating them out of the bag. And I'm like, what the heck child? Like it was one super impressive Two, He didn't get to eat the entire bag of chocolate chips just because he had figured out how to get them. So I took them away nicely, but I also appreciated and acknowledged his very crafty skills and, you know, thinking around how to get to them. So you can have clear boundaries and have your values and you just got to find out like where your line is. So like, if your value is academic success, you draw your line at cheating. Like you don't cheat to get a better grade. You know, it's like you figure out where where does that cut off. Um, last thing, values can also change. Like as you're raising them, as you're practicing a certain value, you might realize like, actually, this doesn't go with what I want. And you can change it. These aren't set in stone. No one's looking at them. Um, these are all like for you and your parenting and your child. I think that last part's really important. And I think that it's also going to change as you see who your child is. So, you know, the studies have, have pretty much proven that children are like 50% nature and 50% nurture. So there's plenty that we can do to nurture them, but they are still going to be who they are. So, you know, as I kind of mentioned before, while that initial value is independence, well, honestly, that's not something that I have to nurture so much anymore. Like, it is it is pretty strong, that independence there. So while that's still a trunk, like a value that I want to keep in the back of my mind, there are other things that I want to kind of support and, and instill a little bit more as I see my child's kind of innate personality coming out. It's like, where can I support this? Um, and in that sense, I, I feel like you can have different values for different, you know, if you have multiple kids, while, you know, values are these like big things, you can work on different things for different children based on their personalities. Like if you have a child that is innately shy and your value might be like social expression, that might not match so much with with their their innate personality now you can support them in their social skills and that kind of thing but but it may not be something that you can like maintain try to like force throughout life for them um so that's just something i wanted to state and add i love that and i think just the big kind of sum up is is that values ultimately can kind of seem like a daunting thing to do and sit down and like pretty serious thing to do but it really does make your life a lot easier. Like I know I definitely sometimes will get caught up in like, oh my gosh, should I be signing Remy up for like these like, you know, play things and, you know, more stuff like that. And then I, it's like, it can ease it by being like, okay, no, like I actually don't like those activities for him because they're too structured. The ones that I've been to so far, have just been super structured. And I feel like it goes against um, what I'm trying to raise in him right now. And I want him to be able to like explore his environment freely. But it definitely doesn't mean that like anxiety doesn't creep in like every couple months. So once then I can remind myself of my value and be like, okay, no, that's not what I want. Then, okay. And then same thing like with, um, you know, keeping boundaries, especially like around food. This has been like a interesting one that for me that I'm as a nutritional therapist is like, I want him to be listening to his body and trusting his body and whatnot. But 
you also don't get to like free range on food all day long. So it's like maintaining, you know, as much like encouragement to listen to your body around meal times and snack times and get, you know, giving him a lot of choice and independence there, but then setting strict boundaries uh, between meal times. It's like, no, no, no. Like you just ate, like that's going to, that's how I'm going to teach him how to listen to his body is like, all right, like if you are still hungry then you didn't eat enough at a meal time. So it's like that goes with that value. It doesn't feel like I'm just like depriving my child of food, which is what he makes it seem like. <laughs> so yeah, it really does make your life easier. And it's kind of fun thought work. And I think your point of, um, you know, your, the helps communication with your partner. It can help a lot of, you know, maybe arguments or tensions or things like that, that maybe you guys have had over parenting. I love it. And I'm going to say that we're going to wrap up for today. And next week, we're going to continue the discussion on and, and sort of focus on how to raise independent children. So as we both kind of identified, that's one of our big goals. So I'd like to talk about what we're doing, what we're struggling with, and uh, you know what we find has been working in raising independent children. So... Thank you so much for joining us today. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats, and Andrea, Dr. Andrea Moore, on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.